also Geeklings, and welcome to the one-year special of Two Geeks Talk Movies. I am your host, John, and with me as always is my co-host, Joanne. Hey! Hey, I can believe this has been a year since I started this thing. <laughs> Who'd have thought we'd even make it to a year after all those false starts at the start? Yeah, yeah, all the little cock-ups and the little hiccups and such, and the disasters. Yeah, the little... Yeah, the they're like, oh, I need so many, you know, life getting in the way and going, uh, no. Oh, yeah, that's very yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 21 movies in, and here we are, one year. I mean, some of them good movies, some bad movies, and one really shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> well, I don't know, what do you think is the, the worst one we've covered? Uh, depending on the point of view, right, actually, the worst one we covered were my pick with that um, pink one that we... Oh, God. The one, yeah. yeah that, that's up there. I think that, the Christmas special is the worst one we've covered. I mean, that was a bad movie, <laughs> but yeah. But for me, actually, the worst to get through was arachnophobia because, mm. what, like, 10, 15 minutes to the end and I... I couldn't physically watch the end of it. I was like, I'm oh, going to wring her neck next time I do <laughs> <laughs> So what was your, what do you think was the best one we covered? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, that's a tricky. That, that's tough. Because we did be, whatever happened to Baby Jane mm-hmm. and I love that movie. Um, mm, yeah, I'm going to have to say whatever happened to Baby Jane, maybe. For me, anyway, it'd be different for you. Mm. See, I don't know. For me, it's a really tough point here because we did Psycho, which I love mm. Psycho. Um, but I, I kind of enjoyed the conversation we had with Green Mile. That was a good what two hour mm. conversation about various things, you know, about the social norms of the time and such. And yeah, that was a quite interesting conversation. Um, mm. But yeah, I would got to go with Baby Jane also because Baby Jane is quite a good movie. Yeah. I was uh, just going on which movie was the best, but yeah, if you're going with, you know, conversational wise, yeah, it's got to be Green Mile. Actually, I think I would go, be, go with The Nanny, because The Nanny is one of my favourite uh, Betty Davis movies. Mm. Up there with uh, Baby Jane and, uh, shit, was that one where she plays the ageing actress? Uh, all about Eve. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, all about Eve, yeah. Ah, um, right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I've seen that movie in Donkey. Uh, gotcha. I need, we need to cover first podcast so I can find a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think now. But yeah, up there with the worst ones has to be Pyramid, the mm. special, and I don't know. I mean, Brain Dead Springs to me because that movie was terrible. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Mm. That was just awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, tonight I was toying with a couple of ideas for tonight's podcast. I was going to do a movie called Death Ship, which was coming mm. in 1981, I think it was 1881. But I watched a bit of that and I went, no, this is not a good movie to talk about because it was about a Nazi warship. So I was like, nope. Yeah, um, there we <laughs> And then I was going to do Silence of the Lambs, but I decided to do that in September. So. I kicked around some other ideas and I caught with one of my top five movies, Donnie Darko, because it's 20. So why the fuck not? <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. Give so me an to actually watch it because, like I've said to you in the past, I've had this movie 
sitting in my house and a half, maybe two, maybe more, and never ever watched it. So it gave me an excuse to actually, you know, take it out the box and watch it. Yeah, yeah. God, I think I've got almost every version of this. I can get my grubber little hands on. Um, you know, I mean, I have the 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 Arrow Blu-ray set. Uh, I have like four different versions on 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 DVD. So it's like Christ Almighty, uh, and I've got my eyes on the shiny 4K release. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I mean, I mean, how much more clearer do you want it? No, that's very true. That's very very true. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 the problem with these 4K. What's the point of putting a movie out in 4K? I mean, there's to be honest, there isn't much difference between fucking 4K and Blu-ray. And I'm going to have no, going, not oh, really. No, no, my God, that's such da, 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 da. Oh, Fuck off, you pompous twat. I mean, I've got a fucking. <laughs> 4K TV and a 4K Blu-ray, and you really can't tell the difference between fucking Blu-ray and 4K. So yeah. fucking lying to yourselves about oh the pixels, the pixels, oh, fuck off. <laughs> like you the know? pixels are all the same. Don't pick mm. corners that are more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think of this movie? Right off your, off the top of your head. If you right off the bat, right. Considering I've only seen it twice and not twice yesterday and today, um, I'm gonna have to say it's. How can you explain this movie? It's like it's like the weirdest, confusing, and yet strangely captivating movie I've seen in a long time. Mm. Like it left me thinking, I can't actually really tell if I like this movie or not. It's just one of those movies that, yeah, it's gonna need another watch. I think for me to fully know if I truly like it. But yeah, yeah. it's a weird one. Okay. I mean, I've seen this movie dozens of times. In fact, I watched it three times today with all three director's commentaries, and oh my god, that's a killer. Whoa. <laughs> that's nearly six hours of watching the same movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and I will say right off the bat, of the director's commentary, I would say watch the DVD version with the director, Richard Kelly, and Jake Gyllenhaal, because that okay. is informative and funny. Whereas okay. the blurry commentary with Kevin Smith and Richard Kelly is annoying as fuck. All they two talk about is how great they are and how they two... Like, oh, Kevin Smith's a great uh, superhero writer, blah, 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 blah. Oh, no, you're a great writer. Da, 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 da. And Richard Kelly was rubbing my last nerve, to be telling you the truth. He is such a pompous arsehole on a commentary. I mean, he talks about how... Oh, I read a few books when I was in my, in my late teens and now I'm an expert at stuff. I'm going, oh, Fuck off, you pompous twat. Oh, there's nothing worse than a paperback. Oh, yeah. God, no, there's nothing uh. worse at all. I mean, it's ridiculous. And the third commentary is on the DVD, which is the, quote, casting, casting crew commentary. And that, mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't finish. It was 25 minutes of the hour and 50. I put it off because all they do is giggle and laugh all the way through, and it was working my last nerve. So I went, fuck it. I'll just... <laughs> just leave it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just... Um, leave this one and just watch the movie um is that yeah. the one you suggested that i should watch when i said i was yes. maybe going to cover one of them? thanks very much <laughs> yes the one with um uh, <laughs> the one with Drew barrymore and the rest of the cast and the director who again does nothing but blow himself i'm like oh for fuck's yeah. sake i mean go of yourself mate you read a couple of books what do you fucking do god mm. and he is a liar by the way on okay. one of the commentaries he says there will never be a sequel really so seven years later or six years later actually he brought out s darko the sequel 
Okay. About the little sister, Samantha, or Sam. Uh-huh. And she has a similar experience with the rabbit, except it's weirder somehow, but it's more bland and boring. Oh my. And it feels like a really weird episode of, of um, Dawson's Creek meets the OC, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but a bunch of bland pretty boys trying to act all serious and mature, and it's like, oh, ugh, no. go away. So yeah, like I said, three times today I watched this bloody thing, and twice yesterday, and <laughs> about three times during the weekend, so yeah. Yeah, I can't tell if that stupidity or dedication. <laughs> I even watched all the special features and all the documentaries, and my god, I'm up my, I'm up my time back. Some of the documentaries oh. are completely useless. Some of them are interesting, but some are completely fucking useless. I mean, mm. <clears throat> But anyway, wow. uh, oh, oh yes, I also dug out the CDs I bought from, for this uh, way back in 2002, I think it was, the Mad World CDs, it's like, oh my god, I think I bought like four versions of that CD. Oh my goodness. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Now, I wanted to see this thing in a cinema back in 2001, but I couldn't get any of my college mates to go with me, and it was only in the cinema for about a week before I pulled it. So oh. I had to wait until it came out on DVD, and I watched it. I watched it like three times that night, going, what the fuck is this? You know? Mm. Yeah, um, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, you kind of think, it does make you think by the end. Took me a minute to get what they actually, what had actually happened by the end. That's not a good sign, is it? Mm. I don't know, my this is, it took me about five or six times to actually realise what the fuck this was. I mean, I get sold as a, quote, horror movie, but it's not. It's a psychological, mind-bending thought project. Yeah. You know, this is very wanky, very pompous, but it is. It's about the meaning of life, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, time and, and relativity of, of stuff and songs about family drama and yeah. also about bullying and, and school and how hard school is and how it's ultimately school is just nothing it's just a waste of bloody time don't get no no waste time don't get wrapped up in the whole high school i don't know politics of all because it's just a waste of money and time it's just a waste of space just concentrate on actual your studies and move on because these people are fucking irrelevant at the end of the day you know yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten. I mean, would you say that movie's about um, teenage mental health? Yes. 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 By about halfway, and I was like, oh, a mental health movie, okay. Yes, although I've got a thing to say about that doctor because she's a bit of a shyster. So she is. Mm, just a bit. I mean, mm, ooh. Mm, mm. Um, But yeah, like I say, I mean, uh, this I was told in this movie as being a horror movie, and I'm thinking, where did you get a horror movie from? Science fiction, yes. Thriller, possibly. Uh, family drama, yes. But horror movie, no. No, no it doesn't. Because I'm pretty sure, um, oh, oh god, it was about a hundred years ago. We were talking about this movie, and you'd wanted um one point I'd mentioned that it'd been a horror, and I'm going, yeah, don't kind of fancy that big giant bunny have we seen and then I put it on and I was like this is not a horror mm. but then again I was like, uh, you, like I was reading up some 
some path review and people go, they the best horror. And I'm like, were they watching the same movie as me? Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get how people can categorise certain things as certain things. Somebody's just me, this, this is the scariest horror movie I've ever seen, the scariest life-affirming horror I've ever saw. And I'm like, okay, if you, can get, if you can get the fact that this is life-affirming, fair enough, but this is not a fucking horror. I mean, no, I mean, not unless you're terrified a six-foot bunny, then yeah, yeah, you would find that terrifying. But other than that, yeah, not I mean, there is classic horror. Well, there's two terrifying scenes in this. One where Donnie gets jumped in the boys' toilets and then it gets jumped in the cellar later on in the movie. Mm-hmm. That's it. The rest of it is just a family drama, teen angst movie or yeah. mental health or what stuff. But it's not a horror per se. Yeah. You know? yeah, the only top uh, scene I found complete, not even scary, but kind of my mood, you know, that do that, that, that never hands you lately on their Twitch thing that I tend to do when I'm seeing something that I'd rather not. Well, when Frank took his um his bunny hood helmet off in the cinema mm. and they had like, one eye go I was like, yeah, that's a sight I didn't need. Thank you very much. Mm. Mm. That's true. I mean, after all, he was stabbed in the eye with a knife and then shot in mm. the eye. And, yep. Mm, mm. Now, I think what I see right off the bat is Richard Kelly says in all versions of the commentary, that Donnie Darko is a superhero. Do you see him as a superhero? Or do you see him as a lost soul? Ooh. Um, I mean, the ending, he does sacrifice himself to stop all of that that goes on that we see throughout the movies from happening. So does that make him a superhero? No. I'm going to say no. I don't see him. I see him more a, yeah, a lost soul that almost felt like there was no other way to go. But. Because the way Richard Kelly says was he's a superhero because he can somehow get into anything and anywhere, and he has the superhuman strength to put the axe through that uh, bronze bulldog statue. So he's got superhuman okay. strength. And he can see people's true selves, which is why he doesn't fall for Patrick Swayze's character. You know? Ah, I mean, if you put it that point of view, then yeah, you could say that, but... But hmm. I'm also thinking, um, he is a lost soul because he ultimately sacrificed himself to save the world. Because That's what I thought. Yeah, according to Richard Kelly, uh, he was destined to die. Um, mm-hmm. And when he moved out, or where I was pulled out of the time loop, or whatever it is, um, he fucked up that whole time and that's our terms yeah. of university then. So when he went back to sleep when that night before he got woke up, then he's supposed to have died. Therefore, he saved the universe. Because apparently if he didn't go back to that bedroom, it would have blew up the universe. Because that's why there's more and more of these wormhole things popping up all over the place. Because time is, yeah. you know, so... Mm. Time is messed up because he's still alive. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm. yeah. I used think, but... Frank the bunny wakes him up from his sleep. Therefore, who or what is controlling Frank? That's a good point. Because in the director's commentary, he does mention the fact that the intelligence that was controlling Frank is actually an alien intelligence or a, quote, godlike intelligence. Mm-hmm. So if he was going to save the universe or save the world, actually, why would you pull him out of that time stream just to show him what would happen, you know, show him, like, the, the actual underbelly of the town. 
So, hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. I don't know. I don't know at all. But let's just um, get the notes and bolts out the road. Get the um, uh, information out of the road. Um, let me see. I haven't got the fucking numbers for the uh, budget. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, the internet is a wonderful thing. So if you just talk among yourself for a minute, I am just. I, I mean, I, I know I had a budget of $4.5 million because that's easy to Well, that's paid $7.5 million. Well, they're um, lying. It's 4.5. Because he says that constantly through the fucking Dunn's commentary. It was 4.5, 4.5, 4.5, so it's 4.5. Um, yeah. And apart, apparently, all of the cast members, no cast members, crew members work for free, including the CGI visual effects person. Wow. So, hmm. anyway, so like I said, it was a $4.5 million budget, and it pulled down how much? 7.5. 7.5 million. This is what it's saying, yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. According to Wikipedia page. Mm, okay. Okay. I know in America this thing tanked. Mm. Uh, it made less than 130,000, I think it was. Uh, yeah. It hit Europe and it hit Britain and it made most of its money. And then it hit Europe and then it hit the rest of the world. And it was a sleeper hit cult thing until it hit Blu-ray, uh, DVD. And then it became the ultimate you know, uh, yeah. hipster douchebag movie or mm. goth movie and it's now a phenomenon you know, so hmm. so anyway, so this the cast, Jake Gyllenhaal Maggie Gyllenhaal, James Duval Mary McDowell uh, Jenna Malone Patrick Swayze, Noah Weil and Drew Barrymore directed by Richard Kelly and the plot a troubled teen has visions of a six-foot rabbit that gets him to commit crimes after narrowly escaping with his life. On a bizarre accident happens when an engine hits his bedroom. Hmm. Can his shrink help him get a grip on his life and indeed reality, or is something more serious happening to him? So, will time fix him? Let's find out. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the the shrink, since I mentioned her. She is a complete fucking shyster, so she is. We find out yeah. later on in the movie, she's giving him sugar pills, placebos. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So what was she? She's a hypnotherapist, was she? Or she's just a, a boxer of her shrink? Just a shrink. I see, because I have never actually spoke to a shrink. So I was thinking, do shrinks hypnotise you? And stuff like that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not to my knowledge. Mm. Mm. Never but spoken yeah. to a shrink. Spoken to a psychiatrist, plan. Mm. What hit me for it, though? I mean, hmm. I think to myself, do shrinks, uh, psychiatrists and psychologists, or whatever you call them, hypnotise their patients and tell them to to talk about their, what was it, sexual desires and stuff? I'm going, okay, love, you should be yeah. shucking off the fucking... She said, uh, talk about your, what was it, talk about your, 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 your thought, and then they started talking about, um, you know, that they think about sex all day, and I'm like, okay. He's, he's what, 17, 18, hello? <laughs> oh, well. 
I mean, that's what annoys me. People were shocked. Oh my God, how can he show him as a sexual deviant? He's fucking 17 or 18. Hello, he's a yeah. man or a boy. That's all they talk of, think about and talk about is sex. <laughs> Fuck's sake. It's, it's, I mean, same with, I'm guessing a woman are the same. I would think about with sex also, but society's not dealt with women going, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm yet to meet a woman who says she, she doesn't, you know, think about sex at least a couple of times a day, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 I think it's one of those times where we're more sociable, socially accepted for a man to say they constantly think about sex than a woman. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've read something quite disgusting about this saying, like, oh my God, men are nothing but walking hard-ons for most of their lives. And I'm going, that's a bit much there, so no, for crying out loud. I mean, that's like saying all women are... are uh, walking egg egg banks, you know, and yeah. blood cases, you know, it's like, fuck off. So, I don't know, I mean, like I say, I get, I get really annoyed. I've, I've read a view of this saying, oh, Donald Duck is the most sexist, misogynistic twat in this this movie, and he's such an arsehole. All he talks about is his dick, and I'm going, he's seven fucking teen. <laughs> yeah, know? he's a teenager, come on. You've got to cut him some slack. Mm. Mm. Okay then, so let's take it from this top, where we meet... Donnie Darko himself, played by Jake Gyllenhaal in his second movie. I think it was second or third movie. I think this was. Yeah, yeah that was very on for Jake, wasn't it? Yeah, I think his first movie was Bubble Boy. I think it was. All right. And I think it was 2000 that came out, so yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, he wakes up on a hilltop and he's riding a bike. Now, apparently, according to the director's commentary, Frank tells him to go to the, the top of the the cliff, bit like um, uh, Moses, and uh-huh. be told by God, this is the town you have to save. You have to save all the people in this town. Da 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 da. But he doesn't remember it because he was obviously asleep. So he cycles back out, back to his house. But I'm thinking, who the hell sleep cycles? Yes. I mean, I've heard of sleepwalking and sleep. I know people get yeah. I know people can like drive their car asleep. I've heard of that, but. You know, mm, that's cycling. Mm. Mm. So as he drives into town, we find out it's almost Halloween, 1988. Uh-huh. And I'm going, okay, you drop that in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, so we're in Halloween 88. I think I was nine in Halloween 88. <laughs> so, I would mm. just like to point out my mother was still pregnant with me, but will not remind of that. Anyway, um, we then meet the the family, his father, Eddie, played by Holmes Osborne, and his older sister, Elizabeth, played by real-life sister, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mm. And uh, the whole bit where the father chases the, the sister with the leaf blower thing was in the script, and that's a real leaf blower, and apparently that was quite hot air that was blown into her face and she was a bit annoyed at that, that actor so there we have that one. I mean did you find that scene creepy like there was something a little bit unsettling unsettling about watching that you know for me flip with what meant to be teenage daughter. Well I think it's because the factor of the shutter speed the camera speeds up and slows and speeds up and slows down because this is the start of the whole time manipulation thing Ah, okay. So the the sort of the, the the film's been messed around with sort of thing, but yeah, I find it real weird how he's he's like sort of 
blowing off the 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 um which blower thing and I'm going hmm I mean and they notice that Donnie is in his room and they don't notice like he's riding up in his bike oh by the way yeah barefoot <laughs> yeah yeah barefoot yeah that's what I see the barefoot apparently that was something like thirty takes on that bike barefoot and apparently they put sellotape or sticky tape on the pedals because it was cutting into his feet I'm not surprised did you ever try to ride bike barefoot no. Well, just about, no. about five minutes, you can really feel it. <laughs> God. Uh, well, yes, I was going to say to you, when Donny rides back to his house, there's a uh-huh. person in a red car that drives past. Mm-hmm. Well, and that red car is Frank, who is his sister's boyfriend, which isn't dropped till much, much later in the movie. So, there we have that one. Ah. And the two weird women doing power walking... Uh-huh. Apparently, the one in the red morphs to a man. I'm like, okay then. Oh, wow, I missed that. Mm. Well, you don't actually, no, no. She is just basically a person, but later on in the movie, she becomes a man. But the director comes and says, oh, no, 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 that's an FDA person or a, uh, what was it, the, the, it was a federal air investigator, so they're called the FDA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. That was it. And I'm going, okay then, so why why are you saying um, that uh, you know I mean, it's, it's a man now, so that's weird. But anyway, one thing I do love about this is the entire family is up. It's supposed to be something like 7.30 in the morning. Uh-huh. And you're supposed to believe like, Frank dropped off Elizabeth uh, like minutes before Donnie pulls up on the bike, so I'm thinking... So the father's outside blowing leaves with the leaf blower. How the fuck did he not notice uh, the daughter getting dropped off at that time in the yeah. morning? It doesn't exactly. kind of mesh. So I'm going, is time manipulated off the bat? Or was that just a bad directing? <laughs> yeah, you can't keep quite work it out, can you? You're like, mm. you, you know, you what? I found watching this movie, I couldn't, I couldn't distinguish between bad directing and, you know, the the theme of the movie, time man. Time mm. manipulation, that's terrible. That's a horrendous word to say, Bella. But you know <laughs> what I say. Um, mm. So, yeah, because surely you would think you would notice that, you know, none of kids are at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, in saying that, apparently, according to the, oh, God, say this again, according to the commentary, the mother in this, played by Mary McDowell, is an alcoholic and she doesn't deal with Donnie's whole thing because apparently the year before this happened Donnie set fire to a house uh-huh so this is why he's in psychiatry he's in the senior shrink because he was uh-huh. a pyromaniac and such and da, 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 da. that's why he's on various pills and such so there we have that one and finally of the Darko family we have little sister uh, Samantha Darko played by uh Dalik Chasing I pronounce her name She's I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, she's up doing on a trampoline, as you do, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that the mother is just sitting reading it. Yeah, just a blatant this. nod to the audience as to who the director's favourite writer and director was, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and it's it squarely in October 88, because that came out in August 80, I think it was. Mm. So, hmm. Also, I love the fact that every single time you see the mother on screen, she has a drink in her hand. Yeah. 
I was going to say that when you said she was an alcoholic, I was like, that explains why she's always got a drink in her hand. Yes, yes, which was Mary McDowell's idea. Because she was thinking, if my son was an arsonist and potentially killed somebody the year before and I can't deal with him, then I'm not going to deal with that. We could have just a, a glass of wine constantly and a cigarette. So basically, yeah. that's my that's my character, you know. So hmm. yeah. On to the family dynamic of the the movie, where they're around the table eating pizza. I love this fight. <laughs> the, the siblings have with Donnie and and um, Elizabeth has. I just love the thing. Apparently, it wasn't scripted. It was just it was said, just like talk and basically make up stuff. Da, 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 da. Here's a basic outline and go and the whole yeah swings. and argue your brother and sister your mm. brother and sister in real life argue yes. yeah it yes. was it was um it was pretty yeah I liked that argument I have to say mm, mm. what I do love about it was on one of the director's commentaries to say oh my god families don't swear at each other yes they do yes they do <laughs> <laughs> families don't argue really okay then right some of the things me and my sister said to each other were, you know, you you, you wouldn't repeat them in public. Mm. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I saw that one. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, families don't don't fight each other. You fucking who who wrote your? I mean, what the hell? I get your your upper middle class, but come on, to fuck me. Even you also had a few fights with your family. You. Mm. I was gonna say unless he grew up with the Walton, but I'm pretty sure that even they had arguments. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So this is where we find out what Donnie is going to a shrink for his mm-hmm. quote unquote problems, which aren't actually talked about until Donnie himself talks about it much later on in the movie. So, so there we have that one. Uh, we also yeah. find out that the older sister is a, a political major, mm-hmm. and it pisses off the father because the father wants to vote for somebody else. She wants to vote for the other person. So there's a whole fight. In fact, in the second movie, it's dropped that she's now a political aide. Oh, okay. You know, so there we have that one. Mm. I actually I just love that thing, eating the pizza, and they're just suddenly, was she, she calls him, was it suck a fuck or something? Like she yeah, she tells him to go, <laughs> to go suck a fuck. <laughs> and you're such a <laughs> fuckhead. So like, oh, and you can see them when you're looking at each other, like, where did you get that from? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how the dad sits in that sit and giggle. Like you think, I wonder if that giggle was scripted, and then you think, but let's face it, if you if you remember from your childhood arguing with a sibling, there was always one parent in the background going, <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean that's terrible. You shouldn't say things like that. Yeah, yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, although like I said mm-hmm. it wasn't scripted, so that was just off the cuff, and that's her so that reaction. Makes it- so that's his real reaction then. Yeah, it still, yeah. still fits in though. Yes, yes. Apparently, pizza was disgusting. It was stone cold pizza because that was like eight takes in. So. Oh my goodness. Because apparently the director had done multiple takes, like sometimes thirty-eight takes. Like, For fuck's sake, mate, you with you fucking oh, Kubrick. You know, so Jesus, jinkies. Bloody hell. Yeah. So later on at night, we find out what Donny sleepwalks and he's a prankster. Mhm. As we also find out, he is not on good terms with his mother. She she barges into his room and he calls her a bitch and that upsets her. I'm going, sure the hell you must have heard worse from him. You know, he's what, 18, 17, 18? Yeah, he really said worse. 
Yeah, yeah. So, mm. she's I'm sorry, but if I'd have called my mother a bitch, she would have, you know, came right through the, came right back through the door and smacked me up the side of the head for the book. Yeah, possibly, and yes. And you'd walk in away. Mm, yeah, that's very true. That's very, very true. Uh, we also find out he's off his meds. Although he seems like a normal teacher to me. I mean... He, he see, I thought that. I thought he seemed pretty stable for someone who had off his meds. But then again, if he's only taken um, placebos, then it could be just an effect of, you know, his illness. One minute he seems stable and the next minute he's really not. Very true. That's very, very true. I mean, like I said, you don't find out about the placebo effect, as the Doctor puts it, until much, much later on in the movie. Yeah, until think... practically the end. <laughs> yes, because I'm thinking to myself, if Tony's been off his meds for weeks because his sister caught him fussing in the toilet, mm. then how is he still so, quote-unquote, stable? But moody, maybe. Mm. Yeah, but he's still reasonably okay, so I'm not sure. Not so sure. anyway. So in the early hours of the morning, on the 2nd of October 1988, Donny is awakened from his sleep by a strange, mysterious voice, and he walks out of the out of the house, and he takes the, the marker pen off the fridge um, whiteboard sort of thing. And I'm thinking, so the dad doesn't even hear him walking past. You know, the dad's knocked out on the... Or yeah. knocked out asleep on the chair but I'm going why is the dad down the stairs on the chair and the mum's upstairs I'm guessing drunk you know mm-hmm. are they two in for the divorce sort of scenario because they, they barely share a bed with each other and when they do they barely do now <laughs> like I know he gets out of the bed and gets down there and puts the TV back on but mm. yeah they almost feel like disconnected from each other what Donnie from reality it's a bit you know, yes, yes, yes. It's a bit but I mentioned mm. later in the movie about divorce and she can and um place it off as a joke, but you think yeah, you wonder if she genuinely thinking, you know, like call it a day. Mm. I can't remember I think it said in the second movie what the mother goes do lally after Donnie's death and the father mm-hmm. kills himself. Oh jeez. I'm pretty sure that's what happens to the mother and father in the second one, but I need to rewatch that one again. I've watched that twice, so I'm kind of off for that one. Mm. Um, I didn't know there was a second one, so I maybe need to try and track it down. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck with that one. The DVD is a fucking nightmare to find. Is it so, like gold dust? Oh, pretty much, yeah, yeah. And do not pay the price for it. They're paying for it on, on eBay because it's not that good a fucking movie. Okay. <laughs> so, hmm, hmm. So he says, so he picks up the pen and hears a voice tell him to come closer, come closer, da, da, da. He follows the voice to a six-foot bunny, which takes him to a local golf course that tells him that the world will end in 28 days, six hours, 42 minutes and 12 seconds. And he just writes it down. Now, I'm sorry, but if I saw a six-foot bunny, a fuck up would stand there and go, ooh, you're so cool <laughs> about them seconds, you know? Mm. Although that apparently that's a nod to Harvey. Ah. Uh, the uh, was it Jimmy Stewart movie. From, yeah. What was that? The sixties was that or the fifties? I can't remember when I was it. Yeah, yeah was that one. Movie? Oh, I have no idea. Mm. I mean, I've seen it once. I went, okay, so that's Harvey. Okay then, <laughs> but it mm. didn't stick with me at all. I'm going, okay, it's a talking man seeing a visible bunny, as you do. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, true, true. So back at the house, uh, the older sister sneaks in 
and a plane engine falls out of fucking nowhere, completely trashing and destroying Donnie's room. I mean, where that this engine come from is completely unexplained. Even, nope. even in the director's cut, it's not explained correctly. He talks about how um, Donnie's power is to manipulate water and metal as he's a conduit and he's using these psychic powers to see the truth and such and he has all these wormholes and vortexes in the sun and I'm going, but how the fuck did he get that plane engine from what was it, the latter days, actually Halloween night, mm. 88 to hit October 2nd, 88, it's not explained there, I mean mm, no. the whole time tentacle thing doesn't quite mesh and it's always just sitting there going scratching, going, what the fuck is going on here? So mm-hmm. again, the timing her off on that, does, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, as tight as as the script, what Richard Keller thought he wrote was, there's like like chunks of of logic that doesn't quite mesh, right? You know, I mean, he just says, yeah. oh, Donny, Donny, Donny can see this, Donny can see that, Donny can see this, and Donny sees the real the real town, the real people for what they are. This is why he can see through these people's bullshit. And I'm going, but you don't explain that in the movie, mate. You're going to off your back of your head because you've wore that thing when you were fucking 22, I think it was. Yeah, that, yeah, where did that come across in the movie? Mm. It doesn't, so... Hmm. Mm. So, luckily for Donnie, he's been asleep on the 18th hole of the local golf course where he's awakened by local celebrity Jim Cunningham, played by Patrick Swayze, who takes the piss out of him immediately, and I'm going, oh dear God. But right, that is Swayze's original wardrobe from 1988. Oh no. So there we have that one. Mm. So Donnie looks down on his arm, and he's got 28064212 written on his arm in Sharpie, and he just walks off. I just love that, he just fucks off. He's just like... <laughs> Oh well, okay. Not <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Why are you lying there? I mean, how long have you lying yeah. there for? Why didn't the greenkeepers wake you up earlier in the morning? I mean, exactly. mm, moving on swiftly. Because you can tell him earlier, he's been lying there. Actually, in saying that, he wakes up and he's got like, grass cuttings on his arm, which means he must have been moved. Because they would have to yeah, cut the Yeah, or ground. he was at least there when the, the, the red on lawnmower came by. Mm, yeah, somebody must have seen him and just kept going <laughs> yeah who cares and have a normal occurrence oh god another one here mm, mm. so Donnie walks back to his house and it's cornered off by police and firemen I love this one buddy there's a random guy wearing a fucking hazmat suit what the hell yeah I was like why is he needed yeah, I was thinking to myself, why is there a random guy in a hazmat suit? Now, fire engines, I get, yes. Firemen, I get, but he's wearing a silver hazmat suit with, like, the... Yeah, looks like something out of Alien. Yeah, I'm going, why is he wearing a, a hazmat suit? Why is he spraying it with, like, uh, what was it, nuclear coolant stuff? He's spraying it down with the hell that stuff was. I'm going, mm. what? I mean... Because oh. there's nothing inside um, plain, what are they, propeller? Um, mm. That would you know, be completely toxic to breathe in because people jobs to stand on the uh, tarmac and guide those things in and they get yes. pressed. Yes. So 
you know, the guy in the hat that needed. No, no. I love the fact how there's a media circus around the house already, because that was quick. Would it land, what was it, say, two in the morning or something? And it's now, yeah. what, about eight or nine? Yeah, and... God, no travel fast. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And Donnie has to be waved in past the inept fucking security guard. What a useless guy he was. <laughs> mm. You know. Anyway, the FAA uh, usher away the parents and tell them to sign their own disclosure form because apparently they have no idea where this engine came from because there's no planes missing an engine. And love this one. They think they're terrorists. They think they planted that thing. What the <laughs> fuck? Because you can you get a... They're going to destroy their own bloody house. Yes, and what the hell would you get a quarter ton fucking engine plane from? Or engine yeah, I'm rather? pretty sure the neighbours would notice that being delivered, you know? Oh, Jesus Christ. So they give them an NDA form to sign and say they'll be taken care of and they're just carted off to some rickety hotel in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I just yeah. love that one. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, we're going to buy your silence, fix all the damage, but come, we'll put you in the cheapest motel I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yes. yeah, the rich. And I'll consider keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, the Hilton. Yeah. yeah. God almighty. Anyway, I love the facts. Uh, on, the, on the news, they say no airline has taken responsibility for this airplane engine. And no one knows where it comes from because the, the numbers don't match up. I'm thinking, wait a minute here. They're in obviously a high traffic area where yeah. planes fly past. So how the fuck would none of the engines match up if it's only... Was it 28 days later when it actually falls off the plane? So how does it all match up? That mm. makes sense. But moving on swiftly, as next morning at the bus stop, we find out Donnie is now a minor celebrity because of course he is. And the school bullies are picking on Charita Chen, played by Jolene Purdy. She, they call her fat and she's, mm. what is she, Chinese? Yes. Yeah. And I'm going a bunch of pricks. Maybe the bullies I had in, in my high school that would just pick on you for the least fucking thing. Yeah. I've always seen that. Why is she wearing earmuffs? I don't know. She's constantly... I mean, my partner says it's because she maybe has special needs, but I'm thinking, no, because later on in the movie she has them off. So are they a safety blanket? I mean, I thought that maybe they were, because, I mean, we all had our safety blankets. I mean... I still kind of do now, like I don't leave my house without my headphones and things and they have to be on, like whatever I'm listening to, but you know, I, I so it could be, but yeah, earmuffs in the middle of what looks like summer, although it's meant to be October, mm. you know, like it's a bit of a stranger and I can't figure it out. Mm, yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm. I don't know, I just see it as her safety barrier to keep the world yeah, away from her sort of thing. Yeah, almost so. her way of blocking out the fact that, you know, the douchebags in the school shoot and things like go back to China mm, yeah, yeah fucking arseholes mm. so they go back to school and this is the exact same high school from the facility the faculty rather than the facility faculty <laughs> that's the same high school for that one anyway ah okay it's also in I think it's one or two of the Halloween movies so there we have that one mm. uh, as Tears for Fears play we are shown around the high school in weird fast forward and it slows down effects i mean that's kind of weird we're mm. just to pe teacher is that what she is she's a pe teacher or is she a coach i mean hmm. she's a pe teacher i'm pretty sure okay then. 
Okay then, Kitty Farmer, played by Beth Grant, the local bio basher, and I have no idea if she has a thing for Jim Cunningham, but uh, that's kind of grey area. Oh, I don't, I don't know if it has sexual attraction or if it's, you know how you get the people that are, you know, there's like minor celebrities on, like on, going, oh, I can promise you the world and it's going to happen, and they're all like drooling over them, yeah, like, yeah, the concept true. of them rather than the person themselves, mm-hmm. you know. Although, in saying that, is he actually... Uh, a member of that town because yes there's like he owns a mansion which Donnie sets fire to later on in the movie and they find out he's a paedophile because he's got the whole paedophile sex dungeon thing which is fucking disgusting mm. but they say that he's just moved into that town a few weeks ago so I'm going is he actually a celebrity staying there for a few days moving on to the next uh, the next town or is he actually like a neighbour sort of thing it's kind of great area there again it's, so. great, uh, it's not fully explained i can't see i picked it up uh you know maybe he was just you know there for a few days because obviously he was put around promoting his book and people like that so maybe <laughs> thought, you know make it look good by a mansion here make it look like a planet staying around for a bit yeah yeah. I don't see that. Why would he have a, a, a paedophile sex dungeon and such? So that's a kind of... Mm, I suppose he would sit back and go a couple of days without it. Yeah, well, that's very true. Very true. Anyway, so on, back to the school. As this, the, the camera weaves through the school, we are introduced to Seth Devlin, played by Alex Greenwald, the local school douchebag fucking bully. And I love the fact he snorts coke in the fucking hallways. Really? <laughs> yeah, mean, I was like... I'd seen that and I was like, yeah, I know it, I'm no expert on 80 school etiquette, but I'm pretty sure uh, only taking drugs in the middle of the corridor wouldn't have been tolerated even then. No, no. no. I mean, I love the fact how the, the teacher's completely fucking clueless as all the shit's happening. He's completely fucking imbecile, completely mm. useless person. He's a complete fucking wet squib. And then, oh, God, yeah. Let me meet high school it girl, Gretchen Ross, played by Jenna Malone. Now, is she a new girl to the school? Because she yes. has a, this locker and it's all these stuff about stuff. Da, 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 and all the boys are after her sort of scenario. I'm going, she can't be the school it girl then if she has just walked in the door. How does she have her, her own personalised locker so fast? I mean, I'm not sure, but she is. Um, when we do finally meet her in the classroom she is you know she says she just moved there and you know mm. Mm. I don't know so outside and we at the end when you know time's almost in a way reset she's mm-hmm. obviously because she's never heard of Donna Darko yes yes very true so, but again why would she have her, her own personalised locker so fast then I mean that's a sort of Continuity error. Uh, I have uh, no idea. Bad editing. Yeah, bad editing. I'll go with it. So maybe, outside, maybe try to play the whole time warp thing. Yeah. Uh, the true, movie. True, true, very true. So outside, we meet Professor uh, Kenneth Manor. I think I suppose his name. Played by E.R.'s Noel. No, yeah, Noah Wild. If I can speak. And English teacher Karen Promercy. What's her name? Played by Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Principal Cole, the fucking useless principal, uh, is played by D. 
David Morland shows around Jim Cunningham as Kitty Farmer is over him like a fucking bad rash. I mean, for God's sake, love. I mean, she's walking around the place with the book going, oh, Jim, do, 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 do. this is this, do, 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 do. and I love the fact that, that um, Drew Barrymore, I uh, know, well, just roll eyes and walk off. Yeah, yeah they're like, like, oh, God. Douchebag, walk off hand in hand. I just love that. It's like... <laughs> Oh dear God! Mm. So Miss Pomarcy teaches Graham Greene the Destructors to a disinterested class. I'm going okay then. So why are you doing this thing? Apparently this is Richard Kelly's favourite short story. Oh okay. As you do. I mean, hmm. she asked. Yeah, why not? Yeah, she asked Donnie what he thinks about the the uh, destruction in a form, and he says, "Well, destruction is a form of creation." That they have to see what is real in order to destroy the. Oh, sorry, in order to destroy the world, you have to see what's real to destroy the world or something like that. I'm going, mm-hmm. wait, what? I mean, like I say, he thinks that destruction is good. This is why he's an arsonist. Uh, and alcoholic. Yeah, he, he, he obviously believed in the whole. How, what's the best way to describe it? Almost like a phoenix from the ashes type of thing. Mm. That something terrible will come, something beautiful or something new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, this is where the movie holds the pieces because in walks the new girl, Gretchen. Mm-hmm. And she's told to sit next to the boy she thinks is the hottest. That's a bitch move right there, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, ooh, you're one bitch of a teacher. <clears throat> I mean, could you imagine that? You're brand new into this school, allegedly. And <laughs> the young teacher who must be in her, what, 20s? Early yeah, early 30s. She must be at least aged with me. Yeah. Mm. Going, going, sit next to the boy you think is the hottest. I'm going, that's a bitch move right there. Yeah, so, and you're what, 15, 16? I mean, personally, if they would have said to me, 15 or 16, sitting next to the boy you think is the hottest, I'd have laughed and left the room. But, mm. you know, what a position to put anyone in. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'm going, that is a really nasty bitch thing to do. Yet she's the quote-unquote good teacher. Hmm. You know. Mm. So, of course, Gretchen picks Donnie, and boom, a love story is born, and it's all very Romeo and Juliet. It's all chase, love, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Except she gives up in under 28 days. Yeah, love. Mm. <laughs> Oh God, I love that one. You know, it's going. Oh, we're all we're all kissy kissy. Da, da, da. Then she fucking gives up on Halloween night. I'm going. Mm-hmm. I like how we said we've been going together for uh, well, a a fortnight, and she's like, "What do you want a kiss?" I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> I'm not at the kiss." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's all very chaste, you know. So, <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, but if Tony has ha- such a high sex drive as it showed earlier and yeah. uh, then he would over like a fucking bad rash so mm. he she must be rich that's what i'm thinking mm. although i'm saying that she gets the yellow bus so hmm, hmm. Yeah. anyway moving on so driving back from school donnie's dad tells donnie he signed a letter uh saying he can't talk about that i.e the nda about don't talk about the the, the plane crash sort of thing or the crash because blah 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 and I'm going so shouldn't you have told him that that fucking morning because it's now yeah what, before four? he went to school mm, mm, oh god it's annoying also apparently Richard Keller got a lot of shit from this because of 9-11 because this was released on August I think it was two, uh, 2001 one 
Yeah, and there's a whole point. Mm. Mm. So, mm. and this went down like a hot fucking tortoise, sort I of think, or lead balloon. I'm so, not surprised, actually. Yeah, flame mm. propeller through the building. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're moving on swiftly. So along the road, he almost knocks down what they call Grandma Death, Roberta Sparrow, played by Patience Cleveland in her final role. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's standing over the road and she's waiting for a letter that will never come. And apparently, according to the director's commentary, this actually happened in his little hometown. Some old woman would dot in the middle of the road and check the mail constantly in hopes of getting a letter from her son and her daughter, and it never came. Aww. Or a letter from her husband who was away at war and died in a war, and she was senile. So oh, it no. came. Oh, and it gets worse, by the way. Apparently, the high schoolers at the, the high school stole the letterbox and she was left wandering around the place trying to find her letterbox. So that's a sad story there. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, uh, kids, you know, that's all I can say is fucking kids. Kids are cruel. Yeah. So that we see Donnie with his shice of a shrink, Dr. Thorman, played by Catherine Ross. As he discusses, he has a new friend, Frank, who is played by Richard, uh, Richard, played by James Duvall uh, in that suit. Apparently, wearing that suit could constantly alter this movie. You know, wow. That's a full six foot body suit with that metal mask. So, oh mm, my goodness, that's been fun. Uh, he tells him he sees him and he is called Frank, and he tells him the world is going to end real soon. And this shrink doesn't bat an eye. I'm going, well, I love some fucking shrink you are. Yeah, like, okay. You've got a... She does it like it's something she hears from, like, every single patient that walks through the door. Yes, I mean, you've got a a supposed uh, deranged teenager here, and he's talking about how he's he's going to die, what's going to end, and he's a six-foot bunny. Eh, who cares? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Anything else happened? Oh God! Oh, I mean, this, uh, this, this is my. I think she's a complete fucking shyster. She's a complete. I mean, she, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Move on. So on the TV, we see Jim Cunningham doing one of these ridiculous mm. fucking eighties, nineties self-help cult video yeah. type things. It's like, for fuck's sake. And I'm sorry, but oh my God! I actually had to sit through something like this when I was in high school. <laughs> That was a fucking joke. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they wheeled out the TV on that ridiculous trolley with a wonky wheel. You know? <laughs> like, wee, 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 and the fucking wheels going like a, a fucking trolley. Uh, oh, oh, and no. the oldest thing out, and it talked about how there, there's no way to be in life. There's love and there's hate and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, oh, for fuck's sake. And how everything has to be done and, and bright colours or it's all dark and I'm going that there's most of life than fucking sensual pops or death and misery. There's grey yeah, in your exactly. you know? exactly. oh God. And f- Donnie says that in the movie as well. He's like life isn't as simple as that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as we're saying, um when I, I was in college still starting one of these ridiculous love and hate scenario crap and we had psych evaluation sort of thing and I was uh Peptimistic realist, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm, with uh, egotistical tendencies and 
rage issues apparently because I continually roll my eyes at the uh, the person giving the questions because the questions were fucking ridiculous. I said to the, the person straight, "Life isn't all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows, and, and puppy dogs' kisses, and it isn't all doom and gloom. There's fucking a middle mm. barrier." And oh my god, you're a pip- oh, whatever fucking douchebag. Mm. Anyway, moving on swiftly. So, oh, by the way, did you spot Seth Rogen as no. one of the bullies? No. Yeah, he's he's the bully's best friend. Uh, this is his first movie. Oh, okay. So there we are. Uh, he also he's also snorting coke, so he's always been a stoner then, no matter what happens. So. Yep. So anyway, so later at night, Don is awakened from his sleep yet again by Frank, as he gets him to flood the school by bursting the main water pipe with a fire axe. Now, according to the director's commentary, this was something like uh, two in the morning or something like that, and Jake John Hall was starving, hungry, and it was like big piles of food. Oh. Uh, and this is why he's staring at off camera because he's staring at the fucking foot. And this was, I think it was like six or eight takes to smash through that pipe with the, the wow. axe. So there we have that one. Wow. Um, so next morning, Donnie wakes up and they find out the school is flooded. Cut to the school <laughs> basement as the water is pouring everywhere. It's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm sorry, but that happened to our school quite a lot. I mean, our school was set in fire six times. Wow. Um, the waterman was broke twice. It was broken into numerous times, and mm. the chemistry department was set in fire. So was the art department, and so was the... What the hell was it again? There was some other department was set in fire. I can't remember, was it? Oh, yes, and I love this one. They stole a coat machine. <laughs> Really, honestly, God. That, it might have never happened at my school. I mean, the um, some of the when I was in what third or fourth year, so when I was about a 13, 14, um, the yeah, some of the people that the school labor they broke into the school the night before, which would have should have been the last night, and just completely, you know, they wrecked at the art department, they can. Right to date, the 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 gym and the 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 cafeteria and everything, and um before that, uh one boy tried to hang him. He almost succeeded actually. Tried to hang himself with his school tie from the third Jesus. floor. The art teacher had to cut him down, and one of the third years was sadly sexually assaulted, and and one of the back back stairwell at the gym department. Fucking nightmare. Surprised I survived that school to tell the tale. Oh, God almighty. No, our high school was a fucking joke. We had a small corridor under the music department because somehow the music department was over over the, the main building sort of thing. And mm-hmm. that's where all the people done all, smoked, basically. And that's where it was Smoker's Corridor. And at the end of that corridor, Smoker's Corridor was the cafeteria. And this was a glass, all glass cafeteria. So there was like gigantic six six foot windows that were glass, and that's what was broken into one day. And they stole the coat machine. <laughs> I never forget that. They also stole the PE equipment. They stole like football, rugby balls, and various other equipment. And I remember somebody coming coming door to door trying to sell the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so the footballs and the rugby balls and the oh my god it's ridiculous. Oh my goodness. 
Uh, and the high school bins were always set on fire every fucking Friday night. <laughs> it was a joke. Then you watch that any minute now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you still have that thing? My high school had a terrible, pointless one-way system thing where it was almost like. It was almost like the rule we have in place now for social distancing. If you go, if you enter a corridor on one door, you have to leave it like the far end, no matter if you're the door up. Yes. Yes, yeah. Oh, it used to annoy the hell out of me. Mm. So this, I mean, there were some classes you could, you know, you could do it and get go the shortcut, but yeah, for the most part, you're like draped and round. Mm. Yeah, what an argument about my high school. But I mean, I was at Fitness High School since 1994. <laughs> um, this thing was gigantic. It was, I think, f- yeah, four stories high. It had its own indoor swimming pool. Um, it had three indoor um, tennis courts and an indoor basketball court. And it had a purpose-built music department, a purpose-built art department, a purpose-built uh, physics and chemistry and biology department sort of thing and in the basement sort of well, no, the, basement, the, the, the sort of lower ground floor it had purpose built um, what was it uh, what the hell was that workshop stuff woodworking oh. metalworking and such and the school was fucking gigantic and I hated that one way system it was a pain in the arse it had like about 52,000 fucking like staircases like oh my god wow I mean, and everything's wow. all glass, so during the summer it was fucking roasting hot. But yep, my cafeteria was like that. Yep, my cafeteria was like that, and the um, the one of the main, two of the main corridors actually, there was one outside the library, and yep, completely glass. So it was, it was like you say, nightmare, a nightmare in the winter. You're never happy mm. to walk across there. And there was um, there was part the big there was empty uh, gym halls and the big the bigger ones that had all the markings on it for the uh, basketball as well as everything else. Um, it had windows up above so everybody who was on their way to uh, music could look down and see everyone. It was MP. Oh God! Like <laughs> standing there playing basketball, and all you hear is all you hear is. And I forgot, it also had a custom built two story library, but of Why? course, um, and a custom built uh, what was it one? Yeah, it was one gigantic um computer lab. Now, bearing in mind, this was 1990s, so this was... I was going to say, that sounds better than mine, and I went to high school <laughs> years after you. Uh, yeah, this was the 90s. Yeah, this, so like, were... um, when I went to high school, they rebuilt that high school, mm. so that it was... If, if you had to look up what my school used to be like before I, I started it, um, yeah, it was just um, a nightmare. You had to go from, like, almost, like... It was almost like the distance from walking from your house mm. along into the city centre to get from like one building to the other for the rest of your classes. So I'm glad it's all in one just before I started. 
Mm-hmm. Well, like I say, but I mean, that's was what the early nineties or mm. mid nineties when I left, and we were we had the old school Macs, the old Apple Mac Classics. I think it was Classic Two yeah. we, we had. So what the hell? But yeah, like I say, this thing, this school was gigantic. It had one, two, three, four outdoor football pitches. Uh, one red ash hockey outdoor hockey pitch one uh, cricket pitch one rugby pitch all outdoors um, and about five indoor gymnasiums also had a purpose-built gym with like actual gym equipment yeah um, and two gigantic fucking assembly halls it's like oh yeah this school was fucking gigantic and what i love about you it was only had the, the one outdoor uh, the one outdoor pitch and it <laughs> everything and i mean everything um so it did cross country the lot you name it uh, so it and yet yeah, we had one indoor assembly which wasn't that big how they got the full school in there on time on, on days i'll never know um but yeah and some of my corridors like doubled up so like the um only half of the school was on three levels and it only had one corridor on that one level and I think the whole corridor had about 15, 20 classrooms in it at the most and all down one side, all down the right hand side was all the art classes and all <laughs> down the left hand side was all the home economics and cookery classes mm-hmm. and just the same doubled up, you had like English and math in the same corridor Mm-hmm. Just a set of double doors dividing them, and then the opposite corridor had like all the you know geography and history and all the different um languages and things like that. And it's just yeah, weird. Mm. No, it's just, our high school was gigantic. I'm like, thinking Ooh. back at it, this, this, this school must have cost a fucking fortune to run this school. It must, must have been because, like I said, it had a, its own indoor pool. I mean, it was fucking gigantic. So I'm thinking to myself, how much money did this school have and why was it so shit? Well, can say, what school did you go to, Jesus Christ? Mm, mm. But anyway, one thing I love about this school was it had an anti-bullying policy in it, right? Uh-huh. So if you got, quote-unquote, bullied, they had what they called a safe area. Except okay. one thing here. This was quite a large space fair enough right and there was like boulders and like a feng shui area with like sand pit and like white stones everywhere and various other things and like places to sit around like bean bags and chairs and such and you could only get in if you had a certain code to get in and out sort of thing one problem however the entire school could see in the safe area oh no windows all the way around the four sides of this fucking area so you could see people from like up the fucking third floor banging the window going (laughs) and giving you death threats i'm going what the fuck's the point of having a quote-unquote safe area if it's a fucking fish tank you know i mean (laughs) yeah but like an aquarium oh my god it's a fucking joke michael never done anything like that if you were having problems you went to the head some year that's all and they just went, oh, just sit there. You're like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. The other uh, later, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you can go to class. <laughs> like, where's that man? That looked a good. Yeah, like I said, this was, what, 1993 when they built this thing? And it was all feng shui and all this crap. It was all, like, fucking pebbles and 
sand and you can put the sand and make yourself go relax and get the rakes out and rake the sand. There's bollocks out of this fucking <laughs> crap. But I'm thinking, why is it get four glass walls or anybody and everybody can fucking see you in this thing? You, you would point- think the area wouldn't have, you know, at least not, not windows looking into where the rest of the school could see. Yeah, it was a joke. That's the point. It was absolutely, absolutely joke. I mean, we've gone back mm. to this movie. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. So the next morning, uh, Donnie finds the school was flooded. They also find the bronze bulldog has an axe sticking in its head with they made me do it, scraping it, unleash it. And apparently, mm. a director's commentary, this happened in his high school. So there we have that one. Oh, wow. I mean, oh, to the gods. I thought my high school was bad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so... So smirking on his way home, Donnie rescues Gretchen from the school bullies and he walks her home, home hand in hand, saying, check your bag, they're nothing but thieves. All they do is to steal stuff, to buy drugs, which leads on to much later on in the movie. I'm thinking, sweetheart, why don't you just kick you guys in the balls and run to fuck? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? See, when after you watch the movie and you think back about the movie you watch, uh, that scene got me... The end of the movie got me thinking about that scene because obviously we all know at the end of the movie Donnie sacrificing himself so that in theory the thing we see don't therefore happen. But I wonder if that altered the outcome of that scene because the way the two were talking, you know, just naming off all the attributes they like on it, it was almost as if they were going to, you know, Try and how can we put politely force her to have a little bit of fun with them. So you mm. wonder if the outcome of the movie alters that in any way? I'm not sure actually at all. Although it's here Donnie does drop the fact he may be a superhero because he can see things that other people can't see and mm. he's doing stuff that other people can't do, i.e. breaking into a school and yeah. sticking an axe with a fucking bronze statue. So hmm. Um they also dropped the Donnie's a pyromaniac and has set fires before. So that's why he went to the shrink. And also, if you notice, this, the, house, the house they walked past is Jim Cunningham's mansion. Yeah, uh, the one they burned down. Yeah, yeah. And right at the one he says, I burned houses down, he turns and that's Jim Cunningham's mansion. <laughs> so it's all tightly woven together, allegedly. Yeah. Let me have that. Mm. It's also dropped that, uh, was in it's also dropped that Gretchen Ross isn't her real name. Because no. she had to ch- change her name because her stepfather stabbed her mother. Yeah, it's dead, almost like they're in witness protection. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going. But you know, I found funny was well, she mentioned her stepfather had um, emotional problems, and Donnie, like he's saying, you know, oh, I've got a new kitten or something. Go, oh, I have no what kind did they have? I was like, mm, yes. line to put there. She has severe daddy issues, so... Yeah, no, but she was talking about her stepdad having... Um, yeah, but she has daddy them. issues, yeah, yeah, because yeah. she's attracted to Donnie, and she knows he's fucked up, so she must have severe daddy, daddy issues, issues, you know? Yeah. So, or she's like a drama queen, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, so Donnie bucks up the courage to ask her out, and again, this is all Romeo and Juliet. Of course she says yes, because Donnie is a hunk, basically. <laughs> Even though he's fucked up in the head, but there we have it. Mind mm. you, see that the rest of the guys in the, in the school are all a bunch of fucking cokeheads, so eh. Yeah, so you know, <laughs> they're a bad bunch. 
Yeah, the best of bad bunch, yeah. yeah. Decide, Somebody who's... decide for the uh, coke fiend, I know who I'd pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. What would you rather have, a coke fiend or somebody who's slightly messed up in the head? Hmm, mm. I'll take the slightly messed up in the head, thank you very much. Head, so, exactly. Mm. So back to the shrink, he goes and she hypnotises him and Donnie tells her about Frank, but unfortunately uh, Donnie puts it on to Gretchen and... He almost masturbates in front of the shrink. Now, according to the director's commentary, there's a scene where Jake Gyllenhaal actually pulls his penis out, but it was cut. Oh, my. So, okay, how far did this thing go? I mean, hmm. Because we see him, like, unbuckling his, his jeans and pulling up his, his uh, button fly and puts his hands on his pants. I'm going, how far are you let this go, love? You know what you go... And wake up. <laughs> yeah, and you shouldn't have been any self-respecting shrink the minute the first button's him. Oh, yes, exactly. And then you're going, yeah. you know, wake up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, does she have a thing for him? Sort of thing, I mean. Mm, thing for teenage boy. Maybe not the only pedo in the area, eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So next day at school, the principal makes all the boys write up they maybe do on the blackboard. I should explain my blackboard is, by the way. It's a... Uh, Something you write on with chalk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, do they still have blackboards in, in school, or has it changed to? White? I mean, they were all they were all whiteboards when I went to school. So, surely primary schools. Um, I mean, it's all, it's all. Still have. I mean, you can still buy chalkboards for children. Mm, yeah, true, true. true, true. Is it all whiteboards oh, and touchboards and such for for nudies? I have no idea. I've never set foot in school. I fucking... mean, it was all whiteboard when I <laughs> went to uh, the only the only chalkboard to be found in the whole school within one of the art classes. So it was all whiteboard when I went to to high school. But you know, mm, mm, true, true. Let's well, see. I left high school in what ninety four. So mm. now we have that one. Um, so back to this movie. Uh, in the boys' toilets, the school bully pulls out a flick knife. I said you can tell it's a fucking 80s, a fucking flick knife. I mean, fucking, hmm. Yep, flick knife. He's a cokehead with a ridiculous mullet, and he pulls out a flick knife. Hmm. And holds Donnie uh, by the throat with the thing, going to slush his throat, as in walks the principal to break it up, thinking, oh, they're just being boisterous. No, mate, he's got a fucking knife, you know, hello. Yeah, it's like, come oh. on. My God. The that whole line between being boisterous <laughs> and being, you know. Yeah. He's yeah. walking about with a knife. There's nothing boisterous about that. No, no, he's got a fucking flick knife in his bloody pocket, you know. Mm. Also, if he's on coke, would he be twitchy as fuck? I'd imagine. I mean, mm. I don't they only get twitchy, twitchy though if it's wearing off? I have no idea. I've never took coke, so I have no idea. <laughs> Neither have I. Um, I'm, I'm, you would imagine? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have heard that cocaine will last for 20 minutes maximum, then it starts to wear off. So, mm. Oh. There we have that one. So back to this movie. Uh, Donnie is hanging out with his best friends, shooting bottles of a BB gun, as you do. Mm. Apparently that's all teenage boys do, is drink beer and shoot glass bottles of a BB gun. Well, talking about Smurfette and how she was designed to fuck the other Smurfs. What? <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, how many teenage boys, even in the 80s, were going around talking about the fucking Smurfs? 
to begin with. Either they'd have to admit to watching the goddamn thing. Oh, I have no then idea. Then why would they be going into all these trying to theorise and things like that? I was like, oh, come on. Ridiculous. Apparently, mm-hmm. the additional script was supposed to be shooting at uh, various dolls, like a Barbie doll and a Smurf doll and such, but they couldn't get the Smurf doll past the lawyer stage. So they changed it to glass bottles, and I'm going, okay then. So there we have that one. But yeah, this is where you find out Donnie's alcoholic as he knocks back a can of beer. And I'm yeah. going, hmm, how'd you get a beer if you're 17? In the 80s? In the 80s, yes, exactly. So, hmm. Mm. Mm. I mean, I can understand if it's, like, if it's wine, because he clearly stole the wine from his mother, but it's not as beer. So I'm going, where'd you get the beer from? And it's not the same. Oh, excuse me. It's not the same brand as his father drinks early on in the movie. So mm. where did the beer I mean, come from? Yeah, couldn't, couldn't it have been quite easy though to get beer in the 80s? I have no idea. Like I said, I was nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were nine in the 80s, yeah. Uh-huh. So, mm, mm. Mm. so, so while the parents are at a PTA meeting, talk about the flood, Donnie has a panic attack. I think it's to talk to take his pills, and this is where he hears Frank telling him he got away with it, and he realises these are fake pills, because the pills are supposed to control his hallucinations. As he shrinks, says this could be a daytime hallucination. Uh-huh. So, she's a fucking fraud then, and he knows she's yeah. full of shit. Yeah, that, that's him just realising, you know, she's been having me on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say, though, see when the scene does the whole fade to the close-up of Donnie's eye and he's like, if you put a dilating when, you know, Frank about to either be in control or appear to him, I do like that effect. It's a pretty good way of showing the crossover between reality and not. Yeah, yeah. Apparently mm-hmm. the whole um, the whole ripple effect, the water ripple effect where mm-hmm. Donnie's punching or slapping the what Frank is, that's a barrier, apparently, and that's the... What was it? The director's conference said it was. That's the reality, and Donnie's stuck in that bubble, so he can't oh. touch Frank, except when he picks up the knife and stabs him in the eye, because the, the metal can go through the bubble somehow, and that's how Frank gets injured in the eye. It also leads up to where Donnie shoots him in the eye later on in the movie. But I'm going, okay, that's a stretch. That's, yeah, that's a bit, you know, talk about... Taking a theory and stretching it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No what did you think though about Frank? Look, though, because I when I first heard his voice before we first see Frank, I thought that was more impressive than when we see him. Yeah, there's I, something I, just I, a bit lame looking about that bunny. Yeah, I mean the, the the bunny itself, depending on the way it stands, is quite frankly frightening. I mean, if you saw uh, this yeah. fucking six foot bunny with that weird contorted face with a big yeah. fucking metal mask, then that'd be shit scary if you saw that thing. But when he removes the mask, you see a boring, bland, pretty boy yeah. underneath. It's like, yeah, it's a wet squib. Um, yeah, apparently the director thought that was a good idea to have a pretty boy, a basic bland pretty boy as the real Frank and not the scary, terrifying bunny. But that sort of defeats the purposes, you know. I mean, he's supposed yeah, to be your 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 doomsayer, you know, your Yeah. 
You meant to be your yeah your you know it depends how you look at Donnie in this movie. That's how you see um, Frank. Every you know he's guardian angel. He you know like you say doomsayer or just imaginary friend. But either way, yeah, the fact that it turned out to be a man in a costume, you're just like yeah, blown mm. the whole. Yeah. 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 The, that that bunny mask looks like it was taken from a completely different costume. For me, it doesn't go with the body suit that he's wearing. It just looks like it's been like two different costumes and they went put them together. They'll go like that. That that bunny mask looks like it should be for a a better looking bunny body mm. suit. Yeah. Personally, anyway. Yeah, well, like I say, is every time Frank's on screen, that is actually the actor. Uh, yeah, and that's yeah, yeah, and apparently it was unbreathable suit, so it was been fun. Yeah, I'm not surprised it looked like it. Mm, that, mm. Even that mask looks like the very little air hole. No, there's not apparently. So back at the PTA meeting, Miss fucking farmer, of course, the fucking Bible basher, blames mm. the English teacher for teaching the destructors for the flooding and what's the ban the book banned because of course she does because she's a fucking bitch i'm going you can't blame art for students copying it you know i mean yeah or for teenagers rather copying it i mean it's like you can't ban video games because oh my god students might copy it they can't ban movies and blame movies for students being a fucking arsehole because teenagers will be fucking arseholes no matter what there's no point in banning something they'll just find a way of getting around it or a way yeah of they'll just find something else something. going yeah. on too yeah this is why they think oh my god ban horror movies because they'll have no serial killers in the world really so there was yeah. no serial killers before slash movies were invented really so nobody uh, in the 40s and the 50s then okay then I'm pretty sure there weren't a violent video game here when Jack the Ripper was doing his rounds, you know? Yes, exactly, I mean... Wait, how uh, did it explain that one? Oh, God, oh, no, I mean, it's a fucking joke. Uh, as back in the toilet, as you says, Donnie finds that Frank has a force field and mm-hmm. kind of freaks him out a little bit. As I've got to say, if it was me and I saw a fucking six-foot bunny with a fucking force field around him, I'd be there in a fucking second, you Yeah, know? exactly. I wouldn't be sitting there slapping it and trying to punch it, I'd be like, Fuck that, you know, this shrink's a fucking quack. Get me to my mother and tell me to, tell me to a, real, a real psychiatrist. You know, she's a fucking yeah. quack. That's the God. And then Frank tells him he can time travel. Ooh, that's the first dropping of time travel. So what do you yeah. think of this whole time travel plot? I mean, does it work for you? In this movie? No. I mean, it works for the movie, but personally, I no. Like, mm. the, it's, it's a nice concept in the movie, but the way they've done it and written it in and tried to, it almost feels like they've, tried, they've come up with it at the end and went, you know, we'll try and force it in here, there and everywhere. And they've like shoehorned it into this whole weird, you know, thing where it's just the, the old woman they pick on is, you know, mm. maybe being a, an author on the stuff. And it's like, you know, mm, I think yeah. it's a, be- a better way of integrating it into the movie than... You know, it would have made a lot of sense because clearly, clearly in the movie there is some form of time travel. You know, the beginning of the movie turns out to be the end and things like that, mm. or the end turns out to be the beginning, depending on how you look at it. So, you know, I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting you say that because apparently the director didn't have a clue to end this movie, um, and this whole time travel thing was the last minute 
addition. Oh, so, so like water, okay. Yeah, yeah, so, because he didn't have an idea how to, to end this movie. So he just got, with, oh, fuck it, it's time travel. So there we have that. Um, Although, do you believe in time travel as a concept? Or as in, would, could time travel work? I imagine it's something that, you know, I, 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 do I believe in time travel? No, I don't think I can, I do, because if you imagine all the shitty things we've had to go through, not just recently, but in history, mm-hmm. surely if there was time travel of any sort and there was some way of pre-warning us about anything to come, you know, 9-11, Hitler, Corona, mm-hmm. anything, all of the above, all the various, Outbreak a plague. Surely, the, surely there was somewhere pre-warning it. Someone would have found a way to do it. Yeah, true, true. I don't see that. Then again, all these people that we think are probably that get labelled as being off their head that are all on, you know, Reddit and think on the end of nine, maybe they yeah. are all the time. They're going, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I seen that years ago. I used to work with a, a physics lecturer, mm. and he came up with the idea that. What if the time machine actually had existed or was invented, and this is the best of a bad situation? Uh, people are actually going back and meddling so much that this is the best of a bad situation. Everything, something goes completely wrong is when somebody's messed around with the timeline, and that's why bad things are happening, like 9-11, the coronavirus, the swine flu, uh, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, shootings and riots and such, da-da-da-da. And things are inevitable no matter how you change it it will still happen so yeah you know um, mm. there's no point in, in trying to change the past because you can't change the past to the future yeah so, definitely. Hmm, hmm. i mean it was an interesting conversation we had but ultimately he says i think about it some idiot america would fuck up the world if the time machines were real <laughs> so, well. There go for all our listeners. Thanks, John. <laughs> well, I said words, not my words. But it's true, some arsehole would completely destroy Yeah, there would be someone somewhere in the world who tried to go, who go, oh, good, time travel, let me just go back in time, let me just go forward in time and get the lottery numbers and come back, and then that'd be it. I can, I can't totally go on, waiting mm. for it. There'd be something, wouldn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I'm back to this movie. So the next day at school, yet more of Cunningham's bullshit as his cult crap is shown on TV. By the way, did you catch when Jim Cunningham pats the little boy in the ass? Yep. Going, he's a pedo. After the first time I watched this movie, I went, he's a pedo. Mm. And I stick my percent to myself. And at the end of the movie, it showed he is a pedo. It so showed he is a pedo, yep. I caught it. As... Uh, Miss Farmer tries to teach the utter bullshit of the moral dilemma of crap like that. With everything being black and white, with fear and love, or as in, what was it uh, we had again? It was uh, love and hate. From what I said, yeah. fear and it was ugh, ridiculous. Yeah, she um, said fear and love are a metaphor for almost good and evil, and it's like, no. Yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as a great area in this one, as Donnie points out. And mm-hmm. Farmer tells him, oh, you're a, a product of fear. <laughs> he tells us to stick the car up our arse, which I loved. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, up oh, looking at me, if I had a balls, like, stick this cut up your ass, you're silly bitch, you're a fucking shyster, mm. and your your new girl's a fucking shyster also, so piss off yeah. that one, love. Like, you're off your fucking head if you think life is a black and sim, if uh, black and white is that, and a simple mm. is that. Yeah, yeah, it's a, f- oh my god. I mean, that really annoys me, you could, oh, everything's one or the other, no, it's not, there's multiple choices, you just, uh-huh. oh my god, it's a fucking joke. Oh, you're a product of fear. Oh, fuck off, you ditzy bitch, you know. <laughs> so anyway, the following Monday at school, Donnie asked Professor Wanderty, I think I his name, about time travel and talk about Einstein's theory of time travel and wormholes. It's all very back to the future here, or is it? Yep. Mm. Donnie then pulls out a book called The Philosophy of Time Travel by Roberta Sparrow, a.k.a. Grandma Death. <gasps> what can all we up to? <laughs> Apparently, the director has been asked multiple times to write this book and sell it as a, a sort of prop, movie prop book sort of thing. Oh, uh, like how you can get like the bedtime story from like Harry Potter and things like that, an actual mm. book. Like, oh, right. How you can get the book from Beetlejuice, you know, that book for the dead thing. Oh, can you buy uh, that? Yeah, you can buy that, yeah. 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 It's basically just a, a book cover. Yeah, you can actually buy that as prop thing. You can, um, oh, right, you can actually buy it to read. No, no, well, not to my knowledge, actually. I'm not too sure about that one, but I've seen copies but of it. You can buy it as like about an Aquico. But apparently, no, he says no. And also asked him to have artwork of Donnie Darko. Again, he says no, because apparently all the sketches in this are all hand drawn by Richard Kelly himself. Okay. So the that one, like the picture of Frank that Donnie has in his bedroom on his calendar, was the uh-huh. first sketch uh, drawn by Richard Kelly, given to Jake John Hall as an idea of what he, what Frank would look like. That's pretty cool. So yeah, it's a pretty cool, yeah. And the picture mm. that that Gretchen and him show, but the toddler glass thing, glasses thing, was another uh-huh. hand drawn sketch by Richard Kelly. Done the night before yeah. the shoot at three in the morning, so I thought, and move on. So, wait, so that night at another family dinner, they discussed the book and Grandma Death with his mother, saying she is must be stinking rich. Yeah, she's stinking rich, right? But she's wandering around the fucking place all over, trying to find a letter never come. Uh-huh. So she's rich then. Get in. And back mm-hmm. at the shrink's office, Donnie tells uh, the shrink about Frank, and this time adds Grandma Death and the book. But she has no time for him at all, saying apparently they've had to run over Grandma Death again and Grandma Death says to him everything lives so everything is born alone and dies alone. I'm going yeah, that's pretty deep stuff but it's all true. Everything is born alone and dies alone. So Yeah. And the shrink just goes, well what can we say about that one? Uh, some fucking shrinks you are, love. I mean, how about you do your job and sort of, I don't know, work with your patients? Yeah, I mean, exactly. He's clearly concerned about death. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, what, clearly, he's clearly concerned about his own mortality. mortality. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And did you go, well, what can we say about that? Uh, like, yes. Yeah, how reassuring are you, you know? Yeah, how'd you get your shrinks license, love, for fuck's sake? Get it in a fucking sticky back plaster and hope to dreams. Yeah. Crying out loud. I mean, honestly, God. I like saying token and we'll send you one. Yeah, yeah, it's a ridiculous. I mean, this is why shrinks had such a bad name in the 90s and 80s and 90s because they were all fucking 
yeah, you have this drug, have this drug, have this drug, have this drug, blah, 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 blah. Give me thousands of dollars to, to sit and listen to you blah, 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 crap and do nothing for you. I mean, dear, oh, dear. So, so days later, we're watching American football on TV. Donnie falls asleep and he dreams he can see people's wormholes coming from their stomachs or their chest, rather. Uh-huh. Which leads him to desire such as uh, his dad's beers in the fridge. As Donnie finds a gun, where did the gun come from? In his father's chest upstairs in the bedroom. I'm going, this is kind of weird. Because this is where, he, where Donnie looks in the wormhole and he's, he goes for the whole trippy eye thing. Yeah. So, hmm. Mm. Mm. So the next day, Donnie's parents are discussing Donnie with his shrink. Hello, fucking patient doctor competentiality, you know? Not just me, then. Okay, then. She tells him, so she tells them she can't deal with him and he can't deal with Frank. What the fuck sort of shrink are you, love? I mean, yeah, you're a complete (laughs) shite. I like the look they give each other, like, who, Frank? Yeah, and to be like, spent, how much money on this woman? I mean, God almighty. Yeah, well, he says at the very beginning um, that they are paying $200 an hour. Oh, Jesus. I had to talk to him. In 1988 money, my God. I mean, Jesus. Mm. So in the meantime, don't, Donnie arms up with a knife and stabs Frank in the eye multiple times as a shrink tells the parents Donnie is a paranoid schizophrenic. Okay then. Again, patient confidentiality, you know? Mm, definitely. You know, I love the fact how the, the little sister goes, how are you talking to Donnie? As she's sitting there stabbing the fucking thing in the... I'm going, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I'm just taking my medication. Stabbing what your arm must look like. Stabbing air. Oh my mm. God. God, I don't so next day, Jim Cunningham is holding a meeting for all the people in town as he's trying to sell his cult bollocks. Again, is he actually a member of this town or is he in this selling his snake, snake oil and moving on to next fucking, you know? That's the way I see him, you know, old fashioned snake oil selling who, you know, before you can... um. Before you can, you know, figure out you've been conned, he moved on. Mm, mm-hmm. A bit like, um, have you ever played the first Red Dead Redemption? Um, yes, I have. John? But you know how you had to do all those tedious side missions for that guy, um, West Dickens? Is that the guy, the, the, uh, the death guy, the, the top part, no? No. No, 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 that's the guy that, you know, you find him half dead in play he, and, you know, cut some of the uh, NPCs come in and go, oh, uh, basically he's a charlatan, he's a fraud, they try to sell the same thing, and you have, every time you meet him, you're saving his life for something, or you're doing, you're doing completely uh, tedious horse races to earn money for him, that you I have see. to do as part of the, the game, Um Reminds me a bit like him, you know, he kind of show up, show his magic potion, get the money and buggers off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got down here, this guy is a fucking Donald Trump, you know. He sold a bill of goods to people and then he fucks mm-hmm. off. I mean, Donald Trump done that well before he was a president. He done it with the, the casinos. Then there was the state yeah. company he had, then his, his vodka company. And then he had the, the hotels and such. 
and it was yeah, all... Yeah, they tried to come over here and do it with um, golf, golf course. course. Yeah. What was yeah. it, St. Andrew or something? Yes, yeah, something like that, yes. A whole town had to help their one neighbour by buying, like, even, like, the equivalent of, like, 10 pence a share and things like that. And his land, just to make sure Donald Trump couldn't get his hands on it, because he yeah. was ready to, like, fourth a man off his land. Yeah, it's a complete utter bloody well joke. But yeah, yeah. He, he basically sold him a bill of goods and just mm. now move on to the next couple of suckers. So, hmm. As Donnie stands up to this guy saying, this is utter bullshit. I mean, uh, oh my God. Of course he says to him, oh my God, no, 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 no. No. Uh, is you're a product of fear, son? I'm going, bullshit, but you're a product of a fucking shyster, so fuck off. Yeah. As he says to him, what's he says to him? The, the little boy says, I want to be able to stand up for bullies. What do I do? And he goes, talk to your bullies. Fuck right off, stand up your bullies. Kick the bully in the balls. And... Yeah. What was the other one? My sister's fat. What do I do? Oh, tell her she used to love herself. How about you put the burger down and put the fucking the pizza slice down, love? I mean, exactly. I step, away, step away from the buffet table, you know? Yeah. They go, like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, mm. you're a teenager. Like, yes, yes, if yes. I went back and seen 15 year old me, she wouldn't know what she wants to be. I mean, 32 yeah. year old me knows what I want to do for a living, but you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a bloody joke. I love the fact how that little boy asked the question, it's the same boy in the tape, therefore he's a plant. Did you catch mm, that? I did. The whole. Either that or the ed or the director for cheap on their uh, extra. No, no, apparently the director said it's a plant. So, hmm. So mm. he must be Jim Cunningham's um, houseboy, to put it disgustingly. You know, so, hmm. Also, I love the fact he goes, I'm not afraid anymore. I can pee myself when I want to. Really, mate? <coughs> oh, fuck off. I thought I'd like, he... <laughs> so, Yeah, you can do that. You you have to learn how to fight. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a bloody old joke. Mm. Um, so later that afternoon, while on a date, Donnie tells Gretchen about Grandma Death. Also, he's been seeing things that are in the book, i.e. the, uh, the, the wormholes sort of thing. And she looks at me and goes, OK. <laughs> Is that yeah, like, that's a perfectly normal thing, you know? Like, mm. oh, yeah, a friend with a six-foot bunny. Oh, that's great. That's cool. What did it look like? What's her name? Nay, how long did you... Like, no, that's the moment you back away slowly and run for the hill. Is that when she kisses him? Is that when she finally kisses him? Or is that um, a little bit yeah. later? Oh, let's see. She, no, does she not finally kiss him when they come out of school after one of the boys shout, your dad, your stepdad uh, stabbed your mum up the other way around. Your mm. mum stabbed, and she goes running out and they run after her and then she finally gives in and lets him snog her. Mm. Oh, well, she goes up to him, so there's that. Well, aye, she did it to him, aye. So a few days later, while walking home, Donnie finds Jim Cunningham's wallet outside his house and hears Frank say to him, do you know where he stays now? I'm going, okay then. How do you not notice you dropped your wallet outside your own house? I mean, how, how do you not know you dropped your wallet? I mean, oh god, all I know is, like I said, this movie kind of falls pieces at the last fifty minutes or so. I mean, mm. the director thinks he's so smart and having all these interweaving storylines, interweaving concepts, and all this. Donnie's a superhero with time travel and bunnies and schizophrenia and alcoholism and, and cocaine use and blah, blah 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 but ultimately it sort of 
expands so much that it just ultimately falls in on itself and collapses like a like a, a souffle. Yeah, it's almost like by the end they just kind of run out of, or not even run out of idea, but they kind of had to know how to make them work. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So back at the shrink's office, Don explains the wormholes coming from people's chests to the shrink, and she th- thinks he is completely fucking bug nuts insane, saying uh, he found a gun in his dad's closet. She just sits in and goes, mm-hmm. Again, love, wouldn't you be going, oh, fuck, time to actually give you drugs, not fucking placebos, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and not just um, patronising or cheeky, but even for America, wouldn't that be quite concerning if you thought, oh, right, I found a, da- a gun in my dad, you know, I was like, yeah, who's a tip? Has he ever mentioned a gun before? Mm-hmm. You know, did you know? Okay, no bother. Yeah, yeah, I mean, God almighty. So, uh, Gretchen and Donnie go on a date, and they have their first kiss. I'm going, oh no, I forgot, this is a bit where she gives the whole presentation about the, what was it, the toddler goggles, so you can give your toddler stuff to watch, and that yeah, was somehow... things to help them, I don't know, what was it, sleep or something? Yeah, yeah, and help your, your toddler become more intelligent, and the douchebag bully says, yeah, what we show murder scenes, do you have a serial killer in your hands, just like your your, sit, uh, your stepfather did it to your mother, and they're, stuff. I'm going, you're a complete prick. And that's when the two run off to, to kiss. Yeah, and that's when she decides that he's the moment to have her first kiss. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So later on at night, he takes her to a cinema to watch Evil Dead for a dollar. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry, but a dollar? I mean, honestly, God. And the place is completely fucking empty. I'm going, Fuck. I mean, this, and originally, and uh, again, director's commentary. He says he wanted Chud, but they couldn't get the rights to Chud because they have no idea who owns Chud. So he got the rights to Evil Dead from Sam Raimi, and that was it. We have Evil mm. Dead instead of Chud. So I mean, wasn't Evil Dead quite popular on a cinematic really? So no. why the, uh, was it not? With that, no. 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 basically. Mm. Evil Dead tanked in America. It was huge in Britain, and then it went back to America to become more popular. But it wasn't until Evil Dead 2 where Evil Dead had its fans, you know. So there we that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so immigration falls asleep, as you do. I mean, you're sitting watching Evil Dead, possibly one of the most disgusting, scary movies ever made at that time, and you just fall asleep, love. Yeah, even now if I watch that, I can't. I get very little sleep. Mm-hmm. As Donnie asks Frank, why are you wearing that stupid bunny suit? Frank answers, why are you wearing that stupid man suit? Making me think that Frank is actually an alien bunny. He's not actually a costume. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, Frank takes off his mask to show he's a teenager with blood pouring out of his eye. And that was it. Even when I first, my first watched this movie, I went, oh my God, he's a fucking teenager. This is a lame. He has no, this director has no idea what he's doing. This writer has no idea what he's doing. This is mm-hmm. a massive letdown. 
I mean, as many times I've seen this movie, and as I do love this movie, that whole bit where he takes the mask off and it's a teaser is a big fucking letdown. I mean, what'd you, yeah, what'd you they should have ju- yeah, they should have just not had that scene in the movie. They should have just cut that scene at uh, why are you wearing that ridiculous man suit and left it because that would at least tie in with the whole um, you know, alien bunny paranormal mm. Had up until then, you know, not, and even what's still to come, not, mm-hmm. you know, we got off and that have, take it off and have a bloody teenager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a complete joke. And also, if Frank is just basically a teenage Frank who's dating Donnie's older sister, how does he have all the powers to do the wormhole stuff and the time travel stuff and to show Donnie? who these people actually are and real their real selves sort of thing and not the bullshit facade they put up. How does he have that power? I mean, the bit where it shows Donnie via the cinema screen, a big vortex pops up and he shows him Cunningham's house of, of the paedophile stuff and he burns the place down. Mm. I'm going, how, do you, how does he have the power to do this? That's not explained at all. There's no... There's I no mean, explanation. And it's not the only thing we don't have an explanation for in this movie that you know, annoys me. I, I like movies that kind of, you know, explain at least 90% of the things in it, not where this leaves at least 90% of the explanations out. Mm. Oh, that's very true. I mean, there's this whole thing where it's up to you to, to decide what's happening, but you're leading these people up primrose paths and then having no fucking answers because, frankly, you're a hack. I mean... This, I love this movie, yes, don't get me wrong, I do love this movie, but the more I watched this today, the more I listened to your director's commentary, I realised this director-writer was a fucking pompous twat. All this, yeah. oh, I, I, I read Stephen Hawking's The Meaning of Time, and whatever it was, when I was 17, and I knew everything about everything, and I read this book, and I read Stephen King, and I read this book, and I read this book, and I read this book, and I'm now this genius, I'm going, you're a pompous twat. And mm. this movie is... A one and done because frankly, ever after after Gone Darko, you had little to no success. You had what was it, two more movies after this, and then you tanked into non-existence. So take your pompous thing and stick up your arse, mate. I mean, yeah, exactly. Oh God Almighty! So back at school, there's a talent show. Why the fuck is there a talent show before Halloween? Talent oh. shows supposed to be Christmas things. Yes. Mm. Donnie's little sister performs a dance routine that uh, they have practiced for throughout the entire movie and it's all sorts of fucking wrong sparkle motion. I don't think, was it? Uh, I don't think you're devoted to sparkle motion and all that shit. It's like, oh God. Uh, too Notorious by Duran Duran, which is supposed to be West End Girls by Pitcher Boys, but they couldn't afford it. <laughs> so they yeah. got Duran Duran instead. And what is that dance? Mm-hmm. Overly sexual dance. I mean, they're what? They're eight, nine, ten year olds, and they're having yeah, this. Yeah, I was like, mm. what in the name is, you know? And considering the PE slash dance teacher, as you know, the religious nut that was banging on at Donny because he wouldn't put the X in the right place. I mean, few mm-hmm. years like, yeah, you didn't choreograph that, surely. Yeah, but sex sells apparently. Because like, oh, she wants yeah. to be famous because there's a scout in the audience for some bizarre reason. Why the fuck would a scout go to some random high school's fucking talent show? <laughs> Two yeah, days yeah. before Halloween. I mean, that's a fucking joke. So as all this is happening, 
Donnie breaks into Cunningham's house and burns the place down after finding a room full of child porn. Oh, dear God. So what should a guy being a pure-hearted, good soul want to help others? Bollocks, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Never trust a do-gooder, as I've been saying for fucking years. Never trust a good two-shoes, a fucking... Ugh. Well, I've been saying to it, sorry. The knife, the knife one you need to watch. Mm, mm, yeah, watch out for the nice ones. A bunch of two-faced snakes. I mean, mm. so next day, Miss Pomeroy is pulled into the head teacher's office or the principal's office, and she's fired for not towing the party line and teaching the destructors, blaming her for the fire, blaming her for the destruction, blaming her for fucking everything. Really, I mean. Hmm. Mm, yeah, I know. Oh, God. As over a tan out, we hear sparkle motion. The dance troupe has won a trip to Los Angeles to appear at Ed McMahon's talent show. I'm going, really? You had talent scouts for a fucking middle of nowhere, Hicksville fucking high school talent show, for God's sake. Oh, dear, oh, God. And unfortunately, Miss Farmer finds out Cunningham is a paedophile and has made the paper, of course, because into a denial spiral because, of course, she does. I mean, mm. so Miss Farmer goes hat in hand to Donnie's mother and begs her to take the kids to Los Angeles with spark motion to do the whole <laughs> Ed McMahon thing. I love the fact she goes, I've asked all the other parents in the, in the arena, or the, in the area, sorry, and they all say they can't do it. So you're my last chance to take the kids. Slam! <laughs> so I would do yeah. fuck off, you bitch. I mean, <laughs> mm. God almighty. Mm. So she refused to believe that uh, Cunningham's a paedophile and wants to raise money to help the Lord. What the fuck? I mean, yeah. oh my God. So finding his mother in his room, Donnie is told about the early trip and that the older sister is in charge and she thinks that Donnie is wonderful but slightly off as she, she stares at the picture of Frank on the on the calendar. I'm going, your shrink, your son shrink has told you your son being be schizophrenic and psychotic and you have this picture of a weird bunny but you just think he's perfectly fine and just fuck off for the weekend. Yeah, your, talk about denial, you know? Yeah, leaving your, what, 19-year-old daughter in charge of this 16-year-old, 17-year-old rage ball? I mean, what is going mm. on here? So, hmm. Uh, so Donnie writes Grandma Death a letter, which you never see what the fuck you wrote anything. So, hmm. As we build back in school, it's Miss Pomeroy's last day, and she leaves him with two words, cellar door, which is supposed to be the most beautiful words ever written. Apparently, where that came from, I have no idea. No, because because that doctor's commentary, he he says that um, Edgar Poe wrote that. Edgar Allan Poe wrote that as the greatest two words. Did he? Did he? Yeah. I mean, I like a lot of Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Never heard that one. No, neither have I. I mean, was it Edgar Allan Poe more of a downhearted? alcoholic schizo fucking nut job I mean he wasn't all happy go lucky no so, he was quite he was quite you know morbid and by you know 99% of his uh, his stuff is about death or dying in some way yeah yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. so Donnie sees Chen in the hallways and Donnie tells her it'll get better for you so I stand up for yourself sort of thing as Donnie goes back to the shrink and here he tells her he flooded 
the school and set fire to Cunningham's house. Also, he is afraid of Frank. Frank will kill him because he can time travel. And she just goes, I hypnotise you then so you can find out Frank's not real. What is going on here? I mean, Mm. 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 so she hypnotises him and he sees Frank and she tells him, don't worry about it, he is not real. And then she snaps her hands or claps her hands and he's into reality. Uh, What is going on? I mean, mm. so with one day left on his life, his sister uh, is going to Harvard. Donnie throws a Halloween party, which goes out of hand because the whole fucking town shows up. <laughs> and Donnie, dressed as a skeleton, opens the door to a tearful Gretchen, saying her mother is gone, or indeed missing. As Joy Division's love will tear you apart, please. They sneak up to Donnie's bedroom, where they have sex, as you do, love. After which... Mm. Gretchen says she fears for her life that her mum may be gone forever and her stepdad may have killed her and indeed is after her. What mm. the f- where did that come from? You know? Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Mm. Mm. So with six hours left, Donnie's mother calls saying she'll catch the red eye flight and be back home at eight o'clock next morning. Okay, then this sets up the whole ending with the jet plane. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So feeling dizzy as Donnie hasn't been taking his meds because they're all being fucking sugar pills anyway, so how would it affect him? Donnie finds a note from Frank saying he's gone for beers. As Donnie sees everyone's wormholes, he takes Gretchen outside to Grandma Death's house and they find Grandma Death has a cellar door leads to a basement full of junk, frankly. Mm-hmm. And all throughout this fucking movie and director's commentary, the writer bangs up about how the whole this is the cave of, of treasures and then the ultimate monster. Once you slay the monster, you'll have your ultimate ending. And what you find out? You find out it's full of junk and two junkies are snorting coke. What the fuck? As they pull knives on Gretchen and, and Donnie. What the f- oh, this, this is what I say is you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah, you know? just, I was just looking at that going, okay, you've given up. You've mm. just, you just went, oh, fuck it, do whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, oh my God. So they're dragged outside by the two bullies who are cooked out their fucking head and the whole both of them at knife point as the mm-hmm. main bully tries to slit Donnie's fucking throat. Seth Rogen runs off because he sees a red car coming out of nowhere and Donnie is basically at knife point by the other dickhead bully. Frank's car, who's the red, the red car's Frank's car, runs over Gretchen, who's middle of the road, for no fucking reason. Why is she middle of the road, Barbie? I have no idea. And she's instantly killed. Frank's out of the car, and he stuns. He finds Donnie. Donnie pulls out a gun and shoots him clean in the eye with one shot. Really, mate? You're a crack shot with one shot. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Hawkeye would have to, you know... Take that shot at least twice. Yeah, I mean, this is what annoys me. This whole ending falls completely to fucking pieces. You've always said about, is Donnie insane? Is time travel real? Is he a ghost? Is he going to save the universe? Is the world going to end? La, 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 la. And then you have this whole ending where it just falls completely to fucking pieces. Mm. I'm going, do you have any idea what you are doing? Are you just bullshitting and bullshitting and more bullshitting? So, hmm. So, Donnie carries... Gretchen's dead body back home where he kisses her goodbye he then looks up 
and sees the wormholes. So he takes the car keys and drives to what was it to the the cliff where he, where he first opened up the movie, and he sees mm-hmm. the wormholes over the, the the whole city sort of thing, and he sees one over his bedroom, and then what happens? You know, he what, pulls the plane from his mother's plane, the engine rather from his mother's plane, and he kills himself. What was going on here? What was the whole Doctor Who time portal Thank things? You. I mean, I understand the ending, but I don't get how he got that engine there. Yeah, I mean, that's not explained. Frank's powers are not explained. Donnie's powers are not explained. It just, he pulls the engine off the plane and it suddenly falls, but it stops because he's got to drive all the way back down to his bedroom, down to the house, rather up to his bedroom, lie on a bed as the thing flattens him in his sleep. I mean, Mm -hmm. he starts bursting out laughing. I'm going... What the fuck? I mean, mm. yeah. Uh, we then see time rewind as Donnie is basically sitting in the car with Gretchen's dead body. Time rewinds as a voiceover from what Donnie wrote in Grandma's death is heard. So we never actually see what the fuck he wrote. So, hmm, I guess that's the last minute ending. Yeah. He says he isn't afraid of death anymore as he accepts his fate. Lying in his bed, he laughs as the plane flattens him. Time goes back to the 2nd of October 1988. Donnie is dead. His shrink wakes up from a nightmare as Mad World plays for the fucking hundredth fucking time. time. <laughs> the whole town realises what the fuck has happened. Everybody knows. This is what I don't get, right? If Donnie died to save this town and nobody remembers anything, how does Donnie know that Cunningham's a paedophile? That- yeah, that shouldn't that be wiped out with everything else? Yes, yes, because Grish doesn't know Donnie, therefore he fucked up the sending. Hmm, <laughs> he messed that up somehow, yeah. I mean, Cunningham wakes up in tears because he knows the his gig's up. The Bible basher realises she's pitched her wagon to the wrong fuck, her, her, her train to the wrong wagon sort of thing. Hmm. And Chen realises she's actually worthwhile. You know, so hmm. yeah, yeah. The only person that doesn't, uh, you know, Gretchen has no memory as to who Donnie is. Because she drives up to this Donnie's house in her bike and waves to her mother, who's just standing up smoking a fat a cigarette. I'm going, oh, that's cold, is it not? I mean, yeah. I was like, why would you wave to the woman? Why would you not just? You know, carry on going mm. back. Get the whole stopping, you know, curiosity, what's going on. But why wave to a woman you don't know? Yes, and why would she wave back, you know? Yeah, that's a little bit, you know. I mean, I love the fact that the father is in tears holding the two daughters. Uh, the older sister's sort of zoned out. And I was just sitting there with a cigarette, on a tree, smoking a cigarette. I'm going, you're a cold-hearted bitch. I mean... Uh, yeah. You have no coping if it's not alcohol, it's cigarettes, it's not that it's been distant. I mean oh god mm. knows. So basically is did Donnie die for their sins? You know, is he the new messiah? Mm, that's a good question to ask. Or was this all one big dream in Donnie's dying moments as he gets flattened with this fucking quarter ton engine? Is this movie all in his head? Mm. Or 
was it indeed some sort of alien life form or some sort of extra dimensional being or some sort of intelligence that was controlling everything and pulling strings like a godlike plan sort of thing i mean what do you think ah i mean that that's still i mean right up until that whole match ending i i was you know completely believing that right up until frank took his helmet off i was believing that you know it was some you know alien rat bunny from you know out of space who was controlling everything but once you see he's just human that kind of makes you think well hold on what else behind you know the movie is a lie mm. <laughs> much of it is actual bullshit made up last mm. minute sort of thing or much of it was, was yeah. planned so mm. definitely mm. so let's just wrap this up then so that was donnie darko Still, to me, one of the best movies of the noughties and legitimately one of my favourite movies, even though I tended it myself by watching this movie three times today and watching all, listening to all the director's commentary and realising this guy's a pompous fucking twat and hasn't a clue how to end this movie. This whole, oh, it's, it's, it's enough for you to discuss and enough for you to, to find out. Nonsense. He didn't have a clue to finish this movie. But this is a good family drama. This is a good insight into teenage schizophrenia this is a good insight on fate you know mm-hmm. love fate and quote-unquote god's plan so i'm not sure what, what do you say about this yeah i mean i've got to you you can't help but you know like you say like this movie like i admire the risk this movie takes let's face it um mental mental health and unfortunately teenage mental health is and probably always will be a taboo that very very few people are brave enough to touch. So you know you you can't you can't fault him. He you know he you know he he's courageous enough to do that. But that being said, there are a few problems with this movie. Like sometimes it's hard to work out what bad editing and what just the way the time frame meant to jump within the movie. Um. So that you, so you know, I'm gonna attribute that to him being a fairly young filmmaker by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, a but you know, yeah, exactly. You know, but you know, you can't fault Jake Gyllenhaal in this. No. He, he plays Donnie Darko perfectly. You know, melancholy and mysterious. You, and then he's all your t- typical mischievous teenager as well. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah, know, yeah. all in all, I, I found it, I found it very breathtaking, but by the ending, taking away some of the massive plot holes when you realise what Donnie's actually done at the end, you know, kind of left me a little bit, you know, stunned and having to just sit and, you know, breathe for a minute, but. Mm, mm, mm. I meant to, to say, apparently the director wanted Alyssa Milano, not Christina Applegate, as Donnie's fantasy girl. But Alyssa Milano says no. So they went to the next best thing, a.k.a. Kelly from Murray with Children. And Mm. apparently Christina Applegate said, yeah, fine, do it. Um, And it left a really awkward scenario where one Hollywood party, Jake bumped into Christina. Oh, no. (laughs) That must have been fun. Anyway, um, 
yeah, like I say, is the acting is fantastic. This they all mm. are pitch perfect for this for these roles. Yeah. Uh, the story is a bit mm, naive, shall we say? Yeah, but a little bit. Ultimately, this is a good movie. Um, mm. A bit pretentious, maybe yes, but it's a good movie. So I just scored us out of five, one being dog shit and five being solid gold. I'm going to give this thing a hmm, a four because I think watching this three times today tainted it for me. Before that, I said, "Oh my god, this is a five, 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 five. <laughs> but no, this has been tainted because this director is a complete pompous twat. This writer, director, producer is a pompous fucking twat. Mm. He's a first-time writer, first-time director, and he had full control over this movie, which is a no-being feat, but he is too pompous to his own fucking goods. So yeah. what do you give this thing? I'm giving it a four as well. Like you say, you can't fault the movie. It's a great movie, but I think it, you know, it's definitely going to need at least another watch or two. Not today, <laughs> though, um, but it, for me to probably completely appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, I say watch the movie and watch mm-hmm. it again, mm-hmm. but don't listen to director's commentary because it'll fucking taint it for you. Uh, and use your own feelings and thoughts on this movie. Definitely. Uh, okay, then. So, let me see. This month, we are doing camp movies, aka summer camp, not camp as in gay. Um, next week, we'll be doing my pick, which is The Burning from 1981. And the following podcast will be Joanne's pick, which was, what was it again? Was it The Final Girls, wasn't it? Yeah, The Final yes. Girls. Yes, The Final Girls. Mm. So that should be fun. Now, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 2GeeksPod. You can follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. You can follow Joanne at 2GeeksJoanne. Okay. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at 2GeeksTalkMovies. And you can email us move suggestions to 2GeeksTalkMovies at gmail.com. And give us a couple of suggestions because we're running up a lot of movies here. We need suggestions. <laughs> um, now, all I've got to say is why are you wearing this stupid bunny suit? Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>